Welcome to This Lesbian Shit Is Intense. I'm Katie. And I'm V. And we are here with a special holiday episode. We're going to be talking about the gay Christmas movie Season of Love by Telefilms. Yeah, I don't know if other people have been seeing it all over their timeline, but I definitely have. Yeah, it's fun. I think there's only one other movie... I've seen that came out this year that has like a gay storyline. I haven't watched it, but apparently it wasn't a prominent storyline. I don't know. The Let It Snow movie on Netflix. Oh, yes, I have watched it. It was not as prominent as I thought it was going to be based off of people tweeting about it, but it was cute. It's like one of the storylines is gay. Is that how that movie is? Yes, they're following like several different teens who are all interconnected in some way so you're just like constantly like going from different like storyline to storyline and so the queer storyline is in comparison quite small to the others yeah figures yeah Yeah. (laughs) what are your favorite like christmas movies that you watch oh shit okay i'll go first i like the traditional ones Every year on Christmas Day, my family watches a Christmas story together. And then I like to watch Miracle on 34th Street, The Grinch. I really like Griswold's Christmas Vacation. Um, but then my favorite Christmas rom-coms, because that's a whole separate genre. The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. That is funny. Yeah. I enjoy that one. Mostly because I just love Kate Winslet. And... Um, I also like Love Actually. I know that's a controversial one. Ugh, I see. I don't. I hate it. I was waiting for you to say it because everyone loves it, but I don't care for it. I respect that. You know, everybody has their own taste. I like it because I like some of the storylines in it. I don't like all of them. I probably don't like it because I watched it years after it had like come out. Partially because I don't like it and partially because I don't want to like it because everyone loves it. Yeah, and also when you don't watch it, when it's like a big hit sometimes, you just mm-hmm. miss out on it. But those are mine. What, what do you like to watch? Okay, so as you were talking, I was like, what the hell do I watch around the holidays? And I realized that probably the only movie that I can think of that I'm like, oh, yeah, I enjoy watching this on Christmas is A Christmas Story um, because as a kid I watched it uh, probably every year. So I don't make it a habit necessarily to watch it, but if I see it on, I'm going to stop and watch it. More so what I do for Christmas is my friends and I, because I live away from my family, so my friends and I spend like the holidays together. And we have the tradition of watching all the shitty holiday movies that we can possibly watch (laughs) so I've got to say that one of my favorite things is a Christmas Prince on Netflix really (laughs) it's like I love it in an awful way like it's so awful I just can't help but love it and then they did a Christmas Prince the royal wedding which was not as hilarious to me as the first But did you know they're coming out with the Christmas Prince, a baby, like a royal baby, maybe? I don't know what the title is, but we're getting a baby. A Christmas baby. 
<laughs> so, you know, I don't have go-to movies. What I have is the tradition of just watching shitty movies for Christmas. I time. love that. Yeah. I I do remember fondly going to my grandma's house around Christmas and watching the Hallmark Channel and just rolling through the Christmas movies that play 24-7 on that channel. So, you know, I love the holiday season, so I like to watch movies and enjoy it. Um, so this movie is by Tello Films and has a lot of uh, nostalgia <laughs> for, for us in different ways. Yes. For me, you know, when I was put, thinking that I might be gay, I had come across AfterEllen.com. Um, and there was a comedian, uh, Bridget McManus, who did like video blogs on there. And she ended up doing like these, I think she ended up doing like a web series with Tello Films, which is how I got introduced to them. So I know that I watched some of their like own series. I was like, who else was in it? I think Miley Flanagan may have been one. Also, the lady who is on with Chelsea Handler. What's her name? A Fortune Fame star. Oh, for- Fortune, yeah. Yeah, I think Fortune also used to be in some of that stuff. I'm not really sure. Bridget had that Breakfast with Bridget blog. Brunch with Bridget. Yeah, I knew it was something <laughs> like that. Which is so funny because that's also one of the actresses in this, Jessica Clark, I found through After Ellen, also in my, oh, am I gay phase, before After Ellen became a transphobic piece of shit. We don't follow them anymore, FYI. But Jessica used to do some sort of blog with her then wife, Lacey Stone. I like really liked both of them and through that... I watched a movie that Jessica was in, um, A Perfect Ending. She was like an escort, and it was like a middle-aged woman who wasn't happy. And so she hired this female escort, and she was like dying of cancer and lived happily ever after with Jessica. And so when I saw her, I was like, is that her? It is. She's still acting. Good for her. I honestly don't know how I know Jessica Clark. And now I'm like thinking, did I follow her on After Ellen Days? Did I watch that movie? I don't remember. But yeah, that was funny. And then, of course, it stars, um, how do you say her last name? Provo Chalky? I don't know, yeah. guys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. But anyways, she's in this. And she obviously stars in the big gay hit Winona Earp as Waverly. But she was great in this, so I hope the people that love Winona Earp still keep watching. So let's get into the fun little movie, Season of Love. It was written by Catherine Trammell and directed by Kristen Baker. And it's a gay holiday movie, which I was, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought um, it was a fun little Christmas movie. I enjoyed it, especially because I love consuming queer content and kind of like when we were talking about Let It Snow, like there was a queer story, but it was it was small and it was amongst a lot of straight stories. And so I really, really love that this movie is just a bunch of queer ladies who are friends with other queer ladies who are having their shit in life. <laughs> I know. I really loved it in Woodway because I spent the whole first half of the movie like wondering who was gay and also at the same time assuming everybody was gay 
But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think if you want to just watch gay people and you like Christmas, then this is the perfect movie for you. So for those of you that are just listening to us to talk about the movie, we just kind of go through scene by scene and describe it and tell people our thoughts on it because we're self-absorbed like that. Also, just real quick, because I was super confused about how to consume this movie um, because they were doing screenings in cities. And so I was like, wait, are you watching it in the theater? Are you buying it online? So I think that they're screening in certain cities and theaters, but you can pre-order it. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it probably is already out for purchase. December 1st. All right. So you can watch it online by buying it at telefilms.com. Is that their website? Yeah, go to telefilms.com or just go to the Telefilms Twitter and they'll tell you how to get the movie. You can also buy the music in it, like Dominique's song in it. So go support this movie because we want more movies like this. Yeah, support gay content. Um, It starts with Jessica Clark trying to rush out the door for a bridal thing. And I was super confused by this later because they're intercutting with Dominique and her man playing music. So I thought, I was like, is are they playing upstairs from her apartment? I agree. I was confused at first, too, because uh, Jessica Clark is getting pissed off about the noise. And I'm like, is she mad that they're playing? But I thought they were playing out. I was so confused. And then apparently it's supposed to be loud sex the guy's having. And I was like, was that? I didn't get that at all. <laughs> I was very confused by that. Um, but she's like rushing out the door for the wedding and some investor calls her and they need a welder, but it's almost Christmas. So that's a problem. I was also like, damn, Jessica Clark's got some money where she's like, I don't care that it's Christmas. I'll pay them double. As she's leaving, she's having a lot of trouble getting out of the door. And there's a classic slow-mo entrance for what at this point in the movie, I assume is a straight girl. I liked it here, like the initial slow-mo entrance that was like, oh, let's objectify this girl real quick. But it's four other girls, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was okay with it here because I think it really highlighted like how Jessica Clark views this, this, this other woman. Exactly. So it worked really good. And then wedding season is afoot. And it's like this beautiful woman in this suit dressed for a wedding. And I totally thought she was the person the blonde was getting married to in the scene i was so excited to see a gay wedding and then this bitch dumps her like what the hell weddings are super expensive well see i watched the trailers i didn't watch a single trailer for this movie (laughs) i just watched it so i can see how you would be confused by not watching any trailers but as i had watched the trailers I knew that that was not, like, they were not getting married. So that did not happen for me. But I'm so happy it happened to you because that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, this is a gay movie. That's obviously the person that she was supposed to get married to. Like, she sees her through the mirror and they lock eyes. Because, you know, the respectable thing to do if you're going to dump someone on their wedding day is to show up and tell them yourself. So, of course... A man would not do that and sends his sister to do that instead. I have a lot of feelings because I am married and I went through the fucking hell of planning a wedding and executing a wedding. So, you know, when's the good time to not 
go through with the wedding, don't fucking propose. Or, you know, at least a day in advance of the wedding. I was so pissed throughout this movie for Iris. So weddings are so fucking expensive. Also, this fucking groom, does he know how long it takes to fucking get ready for a wedding? I was just in one. We started at 10 in the fucking morning and the wedding was at 6 p.m. If I had to sit there and get my makeup done and my hair done and get dressed, I would kill this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really mad at this guy. Um, it'll continue to grow as the movie progresses. Oh yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't improve. Just saying. And then they're like, "Do you want to go say hi to the guests?" Like, say, they are anxious to see you. I was like, "No, send them home." Why would she have to see them after she just got dumped? Make him go see them. He's the one that did it. I was so upset because everyone's like, so what do you want to do? There are all these guests. What do you want to do with the food? I don't know. I just got left. Can someone else make the decision? Will I break? Can I Can I just fall apart right now? <laughs> yeah, like just figure it the fuck out. I don't think she really fucking cares at this moment. My God. Leaving someone on their wedding day just because you're like, oh, I don't know if we're in love. On your fucking wedding day, I can't get over how horrible that is. <sighs> this poor woman. This is when I was going to kill this woman, the hot suit lady. So she's at this like patio and she's making out with this girl. And I was like, bitch, you just left her on your wedding and you're getting it on with this girl. Are you serious? Oh, my God, Katie. (laughs) Whereas I was watching this and I was like, oh. Oh, yay confirmed gay yeah i was very confused and i was like so upset because i was like i can't even enjoy this gay makeout right now i'm so upset and then she gets a phone call and then i was like oh wait theo was the one that dumped her and not the gay one like well at first i was like why the fuck is theo messaging this chick and instead then- of fucking wife or not wife i do also want to say that I was laughing because this this Candace chick, I say chick a lot, I'm sorry guys. This Candace lady who is like all over Tux lady is just so talkative and Tux lady is like, I'm just trying to fuck. Can we not be talking? Oh yeah. Okay, I was not into her. I was like, you dumped the person on your wedding and she's like a bitch that doesn't understand anything. I was like, what are you doing? But I enjoyed the patio aesthetics a lot of this scene. I'm just going to say that. I enjoyed the aesthetic of a woman sitting atop another woman. Yeah, it was good. Um, So then we go to Iris being drunk as fuck off of champagne at her house. Um, And then I said, "Who's, who's that cute bridesmaid? And it's her cousin, apparently. I was a little bit confused because, yes. I also thought that woman was attractive, and I was like, who is she? And then I hear one of them say, prima, and I'm like, oh, so they're cousins. Also, I assume that the dark-haired bridesmaid is Latina, but I did not assume that of Iris. So I was confused about that for a second. I don't know what's going on. The accents were all over the place in this movie. I couldn't figure out where it was based. I'm... I was just like, all right, we're rolling with it. Also, um, what the fuck? Her cousin and her friend are trying to dip when she just got dumped at her wedding day. 
I know. I also feel as if though they had a lot of judgment around the fact that she was drunk and a mess. Like she got left practically at the altar. Get her another <laughs> bottle of champagne. Listen, I understand that your life doesn't stop when people are getting married and it gets really frustrating all the stuff you have to do for them. I just went there. However, when someone gets dumped at the altar, I feel like as a friend, it's your duty to like be there for them for at least the day it happens. Like, come on. I God, I would be ordering her a fucking pizza. I'd be pouring her more champagne. I'd be drawing bath like <laughs> yeah we got bath bobs we got champagne we got pizza we got cookie dough we are doing this thing mm -hmm. tonight you know yeah. <laughs> hot suit comes over and this bitch is like the best human she's like okay i'm gonna help my fucked up brother and also be here for the person that he dumped like we know a bitch is in love if she's doing that also question that i'll pose now because it comes up later do fuck what is her mardu do mardu and iris have they have a history yeah listen what yes the they i want i want a whole movie on this whole building angst of mardu being in love with iris while she's dating her brother I need to see that build up because I was so into it. The best part was they actually have Iris and Mardu have great chemistry between each other. And the best part of the movie was the like, we're not going to talk about our feelings, even though we like each other situation. So we have to assume, or I have to assume that Mardu was like in love with Iris the whole time she was with Theo. Now, I need to know where Iris stood while she was with Theo. Did she always have a little bit of a crush on Mardu, but didn't want to acknowledge it because she was with Theo? How did this go? I want the whole story. I want it too, and I need it because I operated under the assumption that they did not have a relationship and that um, fuck, Mardu was just there as Theo's best man, and he knew Ir she knew Iris in a very limited capacity. But their scenes don't make sense if that's my assumption. So I had to reframe well, that at the end and I want the backstory now. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to figure out that in a way because Mardu was like staying with Iris, but she was also a music producer that works there. I'm like, does she live here or not live here? If she works here, she has to live here. But why is she staying with Iris if she lives here? Yeah. I was real confused about that, too. And then the Janis Joplin lookalike is playing music on the ukulele. Um, and Dominique is admiring her on her guitar. And then Hottie in the suit has left her suit. And she's now in pajamas. And she goes after who she thinks is an intruder in the house. Who is actually Theo, who just comes to get his passport. So what the fuck is this dude's problem? She's like, oh, how do you leave the perfect person on their wedding day? <laughs> She's in love with her. But also, like, he's like, that's a problem. I, I don't know if I'm in love. I feel all this pressure to be perfect. I'm like, maybe men are just awful because maybe just don't leave her on the wedding day. Like, you can't say, oh, she doesn't listen. We'll just dump her before the wedding day. Don't wait till the wedding day. 
And I'm going to assume some heteronormative standards here. You proposed to her. If you, like, why did you propose to her? Don't propose. Don't plan a wedding. Like, there are plenty of opportunities to end a relationship prior to the day of the wedding. Come on. People don't just change because they put a ring on their finger. Yeah, the ring is not magic. (laughs) You guys are still the same people. Theo is a piece of shit. Like, honestly, I'm glad he left her before they got married because he would have probably just kept sucking once they got married. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I, so, okay, to start with this scene, I have to say, I was really like, what the fuck is going on? Because it was so different from, like, the holiday singing kind of scenes prior. It looked, like, horror movie-esque. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? And so, like, I was was in love with Tuxedo Lady from the beginning because I knew that Mardu wasn't the fiancé and a lady in a tux. I mean, come on. Then my love for her grew when she grabbed what weapons she could to fight this intruder. And then it was just her brother. She still should have whacked him, probably. She she really should have. He deserves it. I was annoyed with Theo when Marju is like, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know, whatever Iris wants. And I was just like, what do you mean you don't know? You have le- you left her at the wedding day. I think that's the end of the relationship. Like, can a relationship survive this? Also, why would you make that decision and then ultimately you're like, I'll do whatever Iris wants. I'll move out or I'll... St-. I don't know. I just hate him. I'm so annoyed. Yeah, also, like, maybe that's the fucking problem. You make her make all of the decisions so she feels this pressure to be perfect because she has to make all the decisions and you don't fucking help her like you should in a partnership, Theo. Also, Theo mentions that they've been together for four years. So this isn't like some whirlwind romance of like, I thought she was this one person and I thought it was love and I proposed and then I was overwhelmed and the only opportunity to end the relationship felt like the wedding day. It's been four years. Yeah, get the fuck out of this. And then I'm like, who's the hot one running? Oh, it's the hot neighbor who then blows off Jessica Clark. What the fuck's going on here? See, because I watched the trailer, I also knew that, I don't know her name, is deaf. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop going after the straight girl. She's not interested. Move along. You're beautiful. You're tall. And then I go, is hot cousin gay too? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is gay. It's like the best thing. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, she is gay. And she's in the military. And she's proposing. Uh, Yes, we learned a lot really quickly. Because we also learn that Sue, who's her girlfriend, has a mother who's in remission from cancer. So, like, we learned that in here, too. <laughs> yes, we did. Lord, <laughs> so much going on. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention this. So, when Mardu is over with Candace, like, about to hook up, I think Candace officer offers her either wine or champagne or whatever, and she declines. And then when Theo has come into the house for the passport, he says something to Mardu questioning whether or not she drank. And it was like definitely in a negative way, like almost like an accusation. Oh, yeah. She says that she didn't. And I was wondering if she was in recovery, but they never address it later on. And I'm pretty sure she drinks later. Does she in the end? I don't know, but there's a definite sense she's in recovery. (gasps) Let's go back to our earlier theorizing about Mardu being in love with Iris this whole time. What if she drank to deal with her feelings about being in love with her brother's girlfriend? Oh, that would be so sad. Also, what if Theo is aware of these feelings and he's like, did you get drunk? Because drunk you puts moves on my girl. 
and that <sighs> happened. Oh my God, that would I don't be know. wonderful. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be wonderful for my dude, but this would be wonderful storytelling. So we go to the neighbor's apartment and we find out she's not a cold bitch. She's just deaf and it's fine. And she's also has a gay roommate. And I go, maybe everyone is gay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is what it's sinking in. Like, wait, I think everyone here is gay. <laughs> everyone here is gay. This is great. It's even gayer than I imagined. And he brings donuts and she makes him leave the donuts. I was like, fuck no, we're bringing the donuts with us. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't, hold on. I'm a little bit lost in my notes though. I don't know. My note is tough love from Tux. Time crying is time wasted. Damn bitch, let her cry. It's been less than 24 hours. Someone's been on a diet since they were 16. Oh yeah. It's like Iris is crying and Marty's like, just do what you want to do. And I'm like, um, I just want to keep crying if I just got dumped on my wedding day. Okay, first of all, let's talk about body image and fucking women. So she's like, I haven't needed what I wanted. I've been on a diet since I was 16. I was like, what? <laughs> Lord, we need to help Iris. We need to teach Iris some self-love. We need, we need Mardu to introduce her to some body positivity. <laughs> like... We can't keep doing this, Iris. You got to eat some cookie dough sometimes. I know. Just like, I would have ordered you a pizza and your diet would have been broken, like, along with your with your. <laughs> Did you hear our breakup plans? Like, we were... <laughs> Food is an essential part of that. <laughs> so then Mardu is all about, like, doing what Iris wants to do. Iris has, like, this perfectionist quality, so everybody always pays attention to that. Uh, and um Mardu sees like the full person that Iris is and respects her and is like madly in love with her and I love that sort of trope they have so much chemistry here this is when I was like I am here for this ship these actresses have great chemistry fuck Theo you just need to get rid of him because you have better chemistry with his sister anyway here we go now we're at the fucking brewery <laughs> Also, I really like Jessica Clark's more Andra vibe in this movie, or Luz, um, because everything I had seen her in previously was super femme. She looks really good, and her hot neighbors showed up uh, show up as welders. Love that. But then um, Lou, Jessica Clark's character, um, she goes off on a tangent about how they're unprofessional, even though she's never worked with them. So I didn't understand that tangent. Because she's like, oh, you have loud sex and you ignore me. I'm like, listen, that's their neighbors. Like, you don't know how they are professionally. Mm -hmm. um, but then she realized she made lots of assumptions and that Kenna was not self-absorbed. She's just deaf and couldn't hear her. And that it was the gay fella who was having loud sex because his roommate couldn't hear him. So he did it. And then Lou apologizes probably my favorite part with this because I was annoyed with Lou and how long it took for her to understand that Kenna wasn't rude, just deaf. I do appreciate when Kenna injects like a sense of humor. She's like, oh no, a sea witch stole my voice. Like it just makes me laugh so hard. So I also love that Kenna has a quite crude sense of humor. You know, when you think about it, can you think of any other prominent deaf characters? The only one I can think of is from the L word. 
Mm-hmm. Marley, I think is her name. Is it Marley Matten? Jody Lerner is her name on the show. Um, is the actress that plays Kenna deaf in real life? She is. I just really liked Kenna's characterization in the movie, and it's cool to see a deaf character played by a deaf actress. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Okay, um, then I go, is Dominique Sue? <laughs> is she with the gay cousin? What is Hot Cousin's name? I still don't know her name at this point. Um, oh, Janie. Um, apparently, Sue has stage fright. She talks about how um, she's comfortable playing the guitar because it's just an extension of her, mm-hmm. but she's scared to sing because it feels so exposed for her. What I'm confused about is Janie goes to buy truffles that she loves or something, and she just starts singing in public. I'm like, you don't think people will hear you? Um, Yeah, I thought it was really funny more so because I was like, she's going to be gone for how long to buy whatever the hell she is, and you're going to go in and take that minute, like probably less than a minute, to put in your like headphones, find a song, sing to it, and then freak out when she gets back. Like The timing just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but she has a great voice, which I knew. Does she sing in Winona Earp? I don't know if she does. I feel as if though she's probably singing something else, and people seem to like that. <laughs> yeah, she sang in something, and I so I knew she could sing. And then um, Janie films her because we know that's going to be important for later, so I'm just going to bring that up. So this is my one little pet peeve. They're leaving... Janie and Sue. And then she walks right by Iris and Mardu. And I'm like, your cousin is Iris who just got dumped at the altar. And you're just going to walk right by them and not say anything. They walked right past each other. Like, it's not even like a distance where you didn't notice each other. It's like literally right in front of each other. And nobody acknowledges the other. Um, I just thought that was hilarious. So then we get this little scene about how Iris is into horror movies, but Mardu isn't. And Mardu just went because Iris wanted to. Iris is not self-absorbed with Mardu like Theo tends to think she is and wants to do stuff that she would like, too. And I'm like, has Iris been in love with her this whole time, too? I need to know the backstory here. See, I... Again, because I don't know what the backstory is, and I'm assuming that they don't have a long-standing relationship. I'm just like, damn, Iris, stop giving up so much of yourself for others. Like, think about yourself, honey. Like, even after you got left by this man, you're considering what does Mardu want to watch. Like, you have all the right to dictate what you're watching and how you're spending your time. True that. Um, And then she currently, Iris is just like a hot mess. Then she, like, breaks a coffee pot and freaks out about a Christmas party she's supposed to throw. Didn't she say, like, we weren't going to go on a honeymoon because of all this stuff, but then she's talking about the stress of it? I didn't understand what the fuck her point was. So I think Iris herself and her relationship with Theo by doing all of these things and, like, having to go to these work events with him and feeling like she's being somebody she's not. So she's tried to take control of her life back 
by planning this Christmas party, by planning their wedding, by like doing all of these things that makes her feel in control of her life because she feels out of, so out of control in her relationship. I mean, that makes sense. But I'm just like, take control of your life and go on a honeymoon where you don't have to do a party or hang out with anybody. Yeah. And maybe it was a sign for you, Iris, that you didn't want to be with him if you didn't want to go on a honeymoon with him. Yeah, I agree. That I mean, that's a bigger thing. Not that it's bad to want to spend time with your friends and family, but like right after you get married, I think most people are okay if you go on a honeymoon. And then there's this whole dramatic moment where I'm like, where they just like stare lovingly into each other's eyes. And I'm like, are they going to kiss this soon? Like, what is going on here? Iris dips out right when they are going to almost kiss. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what are Iris' long-term feelings here? Like, I'm trying to figure out at this point in the movie where she stands. Like, you just got dumped. Are you just, like, looking for a reprieve with Mardu? Have you loved her this whole time? And now your eyes are opening to this, like, crush that you've had. Like, what's going on here? I need to know, Iris. I need to know your psyche. Let me know. They're great together. They have really good chemistry. Like, I, the tension that they build between them is great. The both of them stare at each other intensely really well. They do a lot of intense staring at each other in this movie, as the gays do. <laughs> so Charlie lost his voice, so he's useless. So he's mm. out. And um, Kenna goes by herself. And so Kenna and Lou are trying to communicate with each other and I love this trope about like building communication and all of this intimate touching that's going on because they can't communicate with words and I think that's very charming I think that I would have enjoyed it but I I guess like Lou pissed me off a lot in the beginning because I I'm just like Lou don't be dumb you can't turn your head away and talk and expect her to be able to know what the hell you're saying I also think maybe that would have been cool, like, instead of her turning her head so obviously, if she was just talking really fast and she made her slow down so she could read her lips. That would have annoyed me. Like, that would not have annoyed me the way I was yeah. annoyed that she turned her face. Um, But, I mean, I still like the trope. I, it was just very dramatic how they started it, I guess. So then um, she gets invited to this Christmas party still with Iris and I'm like, invite Kenna right now because her friend is, like, sick. So, perfect excuse to invite her over. But he's not sick for the Christmas party. <laughs> that is me. I'm like, I'm sick. I can't work. But I'm going to go to the Christmas party. See ya. Oh, my gosh. Younger me would always be like, if you're not sick enough to go to the bar tonight, then that doesn't. So, that means you're not sick enough to call out of work. Me at present is not the same, but... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Younger me, it was very instilled in me, like, this good work ethic. Because I think that's what you're taught as kids. It's like, well, if you're too sick to go to school, you're too sick to hang out with your friends. And then you become an adult and you're like, fuck capitalism. I'm going to stay home from work and go out later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sue is just playing her guitar for money. What's that called? Busting? Busking, I think. We find out here, Mardu is a music producer, and she leaves her card for Sue. And I'm like, better come to the party tonight, Sue. All the gays are connected. It's time to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
we get to Iris decorating her house for the Christmas party. And I love the fall off your ladder into your ex fiance's sister ar- sister's arms under the mistletoe. Like, got to love that. Yeah, I, of course, enjoyed that. I was just like, oh, oops, I've fallen. Will you catch me? <laughs> I'm into it. I laughed really hard watching this because... I watched it after I decorated my house for Christmas and I refused to buy a ladder for my house because like even a step stool, because almost everything I can do in my house is on a chair that I already own. So for me, for some reason, the concept of even buying a step stool is outrageous and not worth my money. Either I want to access the shit in my home or I don't. <laughs> so there is definitely a step stool in our house. Well, I'm short too, but I'm like, nope, I have to stand on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was younger, I might have felt uncomfortable. But I've definitely mastered like when I'm in the grocery store and I need something from like the topmost aisle where I'm just like, I scan the aisle and I'm like, you, you're taller than me. Will you grab this for me? Um, and I've never been told no, thank God. <laughs> I was in the grocery store in the frozen section and I couldn't reach something and this beautiful tall woman walks right by me and just grabs it for me and goes, looks like you needed that. I was like, oh my God, are we in a rom-com right now? I love it. That is such a cute, yeah. Like, hey. Yeah, but she was walking and so did I, so it was over. (laughs) Damn it. So moving on, besides our personal battles with ladders, Iris reveals that she's not actually depressed about the wedding and she's determined for people to know she's not depressed about the wedding. Are you not depressed because you're in love with Mardu, perhaps, Iris? Maybe that's why. <laughs> I did appreciate her clarifying that she's not upset about the wedding because I was just like, Iris has to be a disaster. Like, someone just let her indulge in self-pity and sadness. Why are we making her get up and do all of these things But to understand that Iris doesn't need to sulk the way I thought she did because she's not, in fact, sad was important for me as a viewer. Yeah, I actually think this was a good clarification because it's really not that Mardu is a a rebound. It's that she was, I think it's kind of like her and Theo were out of the relationship already before they ended it type of situation. Yeah. So we can understand where they're both at in this situation. And it's you feel like comfortable rooting for Iris and Mardu to get together. When Mardu agrees to do the decorating for Iris, uh, I just enjoyed it in general. Like I enjoyed this scene in general because Iris is so like uptight about like how to space out the decorations because of all this pressure that she feels blah 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 and Mardu's like um yeah I'm gonna put a lot less decorations up than you wanted and we're gonna eyeball where things are going but the best part was when she takes off her damn jacket and I'm just like oh hello well I was like oh hanging those snowflakes is a great way to show your ass off Mardu which is why Iris is okay with you taking charge and doing whatever you want so that was a cute little thing about how, like, Mardu really understands Iris. Like, she understands she needs to be in control a little bit, but she's also helping her let loose in the same token, which is pretty healthy. And then we see Sue not answering Janie's phone, and I'm like, hello, you want to go to this party so you can get a music contract because all the gays know each other. Let's do this, Sue. Work your connections. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) 
this is the first time, even though they say her mom's in remission earlier, this is the first time I realized that her mom is sick when I'm watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, go back to Britain. You have better health care there. Like, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, you're British and you're in America for this? Go back. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get some nice slow-mo shots of hot welder Kenna. And the the genuine cheesiness of this makes me laugh of like these slow-mo shots of her welding that Lou's watching. Oh, see, it makes me so uncomfortable. It like really takes me out of it because it's so like, well, okay, her, wait. Her welding was fine, but this is also the scene where she, like, pours water on herself, right? Oh, yeah, that was a little much. The water thing, I think, was really where I just, like, couldn't stand it. Like, the welding, okay, fine. I'll do, like, an eye roll because I don't love this kind of slow-mo-y stuff. But the water, I was just like, no, no. See, the only reason I thought it was funny because it's, like, through a women's gaze still it's not like through the male gaze of like hot slow-mo does that make sense yeah I can understand um I don't think that my discomfort with it it is around like how she's being objectified more so with how it functions as a tool in media like I just don't care for it you know, slow-mo is hit or miss. It's hard for it to be hit, honestly. Like, it's really a perfect line of things that makes slow-mo work. And then we have Janie popping in to see Sue's mom. And I put as one should, okay? Like, you have been with Sue forever. And she's like, oh, just honk when you're here. I'm like, no, if I've known someone forever, I want to go in and see their mom. Especially if I know they've been sick. Yeah, I know. I was actually really shocked that Sue told her just to honk. I was like, one, I hate when people honk. If you don't want to get out of your vehicle, you can text me. That's fine. But do not honk. And because of their relationship, like, yeah, why wouldn't Jane come in and say hello? I'm surprised because you live in Boston and they honk all the fucking time up there. Oh, I don't mind honking on the road when people are being stupid and annoying. I don't like when you honk in my driveway. (laughs) I'm like, you either come to the door or you text me. Don't honk. I don't like that sound. I don't don't know. I just feel like it's so disrespectful to honk in my driveway. Like, I'm not worth the effort to ring my doorbell or give me a call. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's so disrespectful (laughs) to honk. Um... Dominique looks so hot in her little blue dress that she wears to the party. Like, damn girl. I agree. I especially notice it when they're all in the kitchen at the party talking. And I'm just like, God, all these women in their dresses look so good. One, you look great. Two, I want all of your dresses. And then we find out Sue and Janie's story. And it's pretty cute. Like, that their parents were in the military and they met on base overseas and that they were like always close and they everybody knew they were always going to fall in love but then Janie was like stationed somewhere else and then they're back together and I'm like also let me see the whole buildup of their relationship yeah we want the backstories of everyone and then um the tension between Iris and Mardu is palpable 
at this party. I love Iris teasing Lou about Kenna. Like, I really like playing up the friendship vibes a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So Lou gets Kenna to come to the Christmas party because Kenna left her gloves at the place. And Iris goes, she caroled you. I really love that gay reference. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I also definitely laughed at Lou being like, I think I love her. And I just, you know, it's like you don't know someone well enough to like truly love them. But you're just like, OMG, I'm obsessed with this person. So I like that. And also Lou and Kenna are super cute flirting. They're like observing them. And it's like this little trope that Lou gets so flustered around Kenna where she's super clumsy. I do appreciate that because Lou is a bit of a mess. Like I thought it was funny in the beginning how she's calling for the welder and she's like, I'll pay double. And I'm like, oh, damn, you know, she's got money. She's doing well in her field. But then she also can't get out of the damn house without like getting the dress stuck in the door. And I was like, oh, ha ha. She's a mess, uh, even though she's a professional. And she is just a bigger mess when she's around Kenna. And I just I like that. Yeah, I do too. And then I really think this is one of um, Janie and Sue's best scenes when they're on the couch talking to each other. Because after we just get their backstory about their relationship, I think they're really able to deliver here the comfortability of being together a long time and are super adorable. And then a fucking dude comes and hits on them. And I was just like, everybody in this movie is gay. You are wasting your time. Stop it. I was like, who is this man? It's Iris's party. So who the hell is he that he got invited? Going on a rant about how you respect women? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could not. I, I get secondhand embarrassment really easily. And like, this just makes me cringe so hard because one, it's hard for me to believe it because I'm just like, okay, this kind of man who does he know that he's here at this party and that he would act in this way? So like, just like believability, it takes me away from it. Do I believe that there are men who talk this way? For sure. But it throws me. The thing that throws me is because it's not at a bar. It's at somebody's house party that you were invited to. Exactly. I did really laugh though, despite the fact that like the believability was gone for me and like how it made me cringe. I did laugh though when he's like, I went to Yale. Me too. Me too. I wrote that with dad. I thought that was hilarious because that's so true. Like you fucking yogurt white man. You hold on to the fact you went to Yale. Like, fuck you. But that was just hilarious. Also, what a fucking asshole when Iris talks to him who supposedly invited you to her party and you bring up Theo leaving her at the altar. Like what kind of fucking word? I forgot that he said that. Yeah. Oh, what an ass. Also, I had a re realization here, which I just got excited about again. Mardu is wearing the outfit Christian from Bachelor in Paradise wore at her proposal at the reunion in this scene. Is that the same outfit? Oh, my God. The same it outfit. It is a good outfit. <laughs> so bring some sad times for the gays, but we're spinning that sad time around into happy times because Mardu also looks hot as fuck in that outfit. Just so you know, the actress who plays Mardu is married to a man. I'm pretty sure married. <sighs> I mean, I'm married. It's not like I have any chance <laughs> with any of these women, <laughs> but it just always bums me out. 
<laughs> you have relationship goals over there, V. The people don't even know. Don't even complain. That's my time to complain. <laughs> so then I have Janie is not with Sue after she is so hot at that party. Girl, what are you doing? <laughs> you are. You need to get it together if you're trying to propose. Yeah, you know what? They've been long distance too long. They've had too much shit in their life. I need them to like get to. I need smooth, happy sailing with them because they're cute. So then Janie like has like a revelation. She needs to post this video of Sue. I'm like, mm, what are you doing? I don't think she's gonna be happy about that. I was I was really confused when I saw this because I couldn't tell what she was doing. I just heard her say like. I hope this helps or something. And I was like, what are you doing? And then I, you know, later on when it blows up, I realized what she did. And then I don't know who's in the scene, but someone brings up Love Actually. But anyway, I love that they did do a little Love Actually shout out because it's clearly somewhat inspired by that movie in no way other than the fact it's like, oh, all these people are interconnected and we're going to tell their stories at Christmas, which is what Love Actually does. So then we have this like slow-mo bathroom shot with Mardu. And I'm like, what is happening with these slow-mos? I actually laughed when Iris is so thrown that she accidentally says sex instead of six. Like I actually laughed at that and that made me really happy. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and which I you know, I would probably do if I saw Mardu too. I was gone from the moment I saw her in that tux early on. Yeah, same. So then we have a cute little thing where Lou is learning sign language and bringing Kenna gifts. She brings her her first batch of beer. And I'm like, that's really nice to bring it to a person you just met and not the people who are like very invested in your business. And it's so awkward when Charlie shows up. But then this is where I'm like screaming at Lou to make a move because Kenna is clearly digging Lou's vibes. But Kenna makes the move instead. And we have two women who aren't fucking scared to kiss each other. So yay for gay movies. Let's do it. I loved so much of it because I love that she, I mean, it's a legitimate thing to do to come over and like bring over the beer, but you know, she's just trying to like go over and say, Hey. And so I love when Charlie comes in and is like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? And Kenna's in the background, like go the fuck away. <laughs> like get out of here. Don't drink the beer. Um, I'm trying to hang out with her. Um, and I liked the way Kenna took initiative and how they're um, kissing. And I love how like so thrown Lou is because you see what a mess she is just like functioning around Kenna that when they finally kiss, she's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is happening. And she's like loving it. What I get thrown on, though, is doesn't she say that she can't do this because she has to meet with the investors tomorrow? And I was like, what does that have to do with tonight? Y'all can hook up and you can go home and go to sleep and you can see the investors tomorrow. It's bright outside. You have plenty of time. You can still hook up and get a good night's sleep and still meet with your investor. Lou, what are you doing? Exactly. You And your, your neighbors. You're not even having to travel. Like, yeah, you're fine. Exactly. Then we have Iris coming home from dinner with her fam. And Mardu uses the word scrumptious. And I was 
would just like to say that's a truly underrated word and we should use that word more. And listen, anytime Iris and Mardu get near each other, I start like squirming with the tension. They have so much tension in their seats. It, it like is too much for me sometimes even. <laughs> I mean, the scenes are too much for me, period, because, like, everything that Mardu wears, I'm just dying. Like, even her in, like, <laughs> fucking pajamas where it's just a damn white tank top. I'm just like, oh, my God, can't handle it. And then they're looking at each other and I'm like, nope, we can't do it. Mardu canceled her thing, which was a date. So she didn't go on her date. And I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for things like that when, like. <sighs> when your heart just pulls you so strongly for a person. So even though she doesn't have anything going on with Iris, she doesn't want Candace either, so she doesn't go on that damn date. Right, and it's pretty soul-crushing when Theo comes back because she canceled that date. Then they go on their little date to the homeless shelter, and then they run back into fucking Theo. And it's like, dude. And then we have this little cute scene with Lord, the embarrassment with Janie and Sue. And Janie's like, oh, I have a surprise for you. And she does this rap for Sue. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Listen, I had I couldn't do it. I had to pause and pull myself together. I had so much embarrassment watching this. That is hilarious because I had a lot less embarrassment watching her rap than I had for some other things. Because... <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> I felt as if though the actress, like I felt as if though it was the actress on set being a fool with Dominique more so than I felt it was the character. And then we have Mardu very cutely and beautifully waking Iris up early. And you're just like, maybe you should just fall into bed instead with Iris <laughs> and stay there. We have Sue saying goodbye to Janie. So she did spend the night, finally. Janie offers Sue help on Christmas, and Sue doesn't want it. And I'm just like, why doesn't Sue want Janie's help at all? Like, you've known this person for so long. Why are you... I, like, would understand you're not wanting other people to help you and wanting to be able to do things on your own for, like, general people. But for someone that's known you since you were young... Why do you have a little bit of resentment towards Janie helping you? I agree. I was confused about that because I I do understand this feeling of wanting to do things on your own and not have to rely on other people. But I don't feel like they were like absurd things that Jane was trying to help with. You know, a part of me, now that I'm thinking about it more, thinks like maybe that was meant to be because Janie was gone, stationed somewhere else for two years. So like... Maybe True. the history of it would be like Sue was used to doing things with Janie, but then she had to figure out how to do things on her own when Janie was stationed away and her mom got sick and she had to focus on her music and blah, blah, blah. And so like now she wants Janie back, but she doesn't know how to accept her help, which maybe is the point of the arc. But because we're only get a snippet of their storyline, mm -hmm. you don't maybe pick that up right away. I don't know if there could have been like something stated ab about like reminding us of the time that Su Jane was away. Maybe that would have hit uh, better. But yeah, that makes sense. And then we see like Lou and Kenna are getting it on Christmas morning. 
I'm also like, wait, this is the next day. Is this not the day that you had to meet with the investors? Did you stay here? Did you come back in the morning? What is this timeline? <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't care that much because I'm just happy that you're there, like, making out. But... <laughs> Listen, like, I respect this, but it just seems abnormal that you're spending with Christmas with someone you just met. Like, you didn't have previous plans? I just need to say this again. How old are Janie's parents? It doesn't make sense. I know. I watched it and I was like, I was like, who's that man? And I was like, wait, is that her dad? And I was like, what is wrong with these people looking so young? And then Mardu brings Iris to the homeless place that she brought their wedding food to. And the tension is thick as they exchange jackets because Iris overdressed. I did not realize that's where they were. I just know that they went somewhere and they were going to eat, I thought. And I was like, where are they going? That'll be open on Christmas. This makes sense. This makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Sue breaking down because her singing video has gone viral and she's very upset about this. But I also appreciate how supportive her lesbian band members are. They're just like, it's okay. Do you want to sing? You're awesome. Like, I was like, yes, I'm here for the circle of support right now and not jealousy. Yeah, especially the main singer who has been singing for all of their stuff where she's like supportive and isn't threatened by her. I did appreciate that. Um, And I'm like, Sue, why are you so upset you perform regularly? Um, I guess it's like you feel violated that your trust has been broken, but it's hard. I get she has stage fright, but it's hard for me to feel that way about something that's performative when that's like what you do. And I don't know. I didn't realize that she was so anxious about her performance. Like, I I thought she was shy. Like, I didn't, I thought she was just a little bit timid, blah, blah, blah. So when all this was happening, I was like, I don't get it. But then later on, when she explicitly states, like, I am anxious, I have anxiety about this, I think probably, again, the use of the terminology put it into a different perspective for me. And so I was able to understand why she would be so upset because, I mean, yes, it does feel a bit like a betrayal and a violation because you did not approve this and it's done by a person who loves you and, you know, supposedly loves you and knows you and should know how you would feel about this. So I do, I do get her freaking out, I guess. I mean, I guess it's true. Like, I think it's that they really only get into the anxiety before. So you don't realize, I mean, they only get into the anxiety after the fact as clearly, like they just kind of generally talk about it before. Mm-hmm. So, and you're like, look how many, how much people love you. You should just get over it when that's not how anxiety works. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, it makes sense. And I guess when you think about it, if she does have that big of anxiety and Janie is one of the only people, period, she's comfortable even singing around, that if she released that, then that could feel very upsetting. So, I mean, when you get it from Sue's perspective, it makes sense. But I also get how Janie could feel the way she does. Like, look, you're great. People love you. Like, isn't that enough to get over it? 
Yeah, I think that there are a lot of well-meaning people in other people's lives who do things like this. And it can make sense um, and also not all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And then my next note is go away, Theo, because this bitch Theo shows up. Yeah, I was like, ugh, Theo, they were being so cute. They traded jackets. They walked over together. They were looking so chummy. And then you're in the damn house. Nobody wants you. Go away. Read the room. Leave. Poor Mardu. Like, you can see she's devastated to see him. And then we have Janie coming to find Sue. And Sue is very mad at her. And so she was fine without her. And that's a major ouch. Yeah, that hurt. Which I guess brings in what we were saying earlier about how Sue had to figure out how to operate without Janie, which is probably what happened. But that's got to be really soul crushing for Janie because the bitch bought an engagement ring. Yeah, she's the one who's been gone. Sue has had to learn how to exist with Jane being gone in the military. And that's like not her choice to have um, Jane gone versus Jane going away for work. And obviously she misses Sue too, but it's like, it's a different kind of, of miss. So I don't know. I think it just like really hurt um, and hits in a different way. And then we have fucking Theo who is like um, saying he's sorry or whatever. And I'm just like, shut up. You didn't say shit when you abandoned her. And now you want to come talk to her? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was so annoyed because he is like, I don't even know where to start. And I'm like, how about with sorry? And he does get <laughs> to the sorry, but I was just like annoyed with him. And I'm like, Iris, you you said you're not depressed about the wedding, so fucking use your words now with him. Like Yeah, and, and that's why I'm confused confused because when Iris and Mardu realize that Theo is there and Mardu's like, uh, don't know what to do. I should leave. Iris turns around, like holds onto her. Like you don't have to leave kind of like imploring her to stay. And Theo encourages uh, Mardu to leave and she does go. But then Iris hugs Theo and not even just like a, Oh, I will accept the fact that you're hugging me, but like hand on the back of his head hug. That's intense. Yeah, and Mardu is crushed because, like, you have to stand up now and say, like, Theo, you need to leave. Like, we'll talk about this later. And maybe talk with Mardu first. But, I don't know. I guess I could get how your allegiance would be in this moment to the person that abandoned you. Because maybe you need your own sort of closure, even if you're okay with not getting married. Like, that's still kind of a traumatic event to be left at the altar. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) So maybe you just want your own sort of closure, but I'm like, you're in love with Mardu. Maybe you could at least give her a little bit more reassurance. Also, how annoying was it that Theo thanks Mardu for watching Iris? Like she's a child. Yes. Like she's a child. Like she's a pet. This poor helpless thing who couldn't take care of herself, but he couldn't be bothered to be the one to do it. Yeah, fuck that shit. And then also, so now we get, oh, I forgot we have this scene where, like, we really get into poor Sue's anxiety problems mm-hmm. with performing. And it appears, like, her anxiety about performing has grown as her mom's been sick. 
Which actually makes a ton of sense that um, you would channel the anxiety about your very sick parent into something else in your life. So you could keep going throughout the stress of the situation with your sick parent. Um, and Janie wasn't around for that. So it also makes sense that she doesn't quite understand why Sue's anxiety has grown beyond just like your average stage fright. Mom expresses a sense of guilt um, for not being present in some of um, Sue's stuff and feeling as if though, yeah. And I just, I really felt for mom, like the feelings she must have. Both of them really don't have control about what's going on in their lives. They just try to do their best every day. And sometimes that's not really comforting um, because you live in a world full of comparisons where you're always looking at what other people have what other people are doing and your life is so dictated by you know this thing that's completely out of your control that's so sad yeah I felt bad for both of them here it's just yeah it just sucks for everyone all around and then we have Mardu listening to Sue in bed with Candace, which then again I'm like so you're staying with Candace not at your house but you work here what's going on so then Iris texts Mardu and goes to sleep in the bed Mardu was sleeping in to, like, be closer to her. But she just texts Mardu that she's fine and doesn't give her a hint. She, like, goes through all of these things where she, like, misses her but deletes those and just says she's fine. And I'm like, communicate your feelings. I'm too busy looking at Theo's damn body in the bed with her to pay attention to the text messages because I'm like, you got another bed. Why are you all in bed together? <laughs> this marriage never happened. This relationship is over. Put him on the sofa or on the front steps. I don't give a shit. That was all to show the significance of even though Theo's in the bed with her, she goes to sleep in the bed that has the memory of Mardu. The... You know what would scream that to me too? Him on the sofa and her leaving her bedroom <laughs> to go sleep in that room too. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> just, I can't with him. Well, Sue signs a contract with Mardu despite her anxiety. And Mardu's like, you can take things at your own pace. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure music contracts don't work like that. <laughs> and we also find out that Theo is still leaving. They slept in the same bed, but they were both, like, we're better off apart. I'm like, what's happening? And then we have this cute little interaction between Lou and Kenna, where Lou comes up to the table Kenna's at with her friends, and Lou's, like, signing. And she mistakenly signs the word lesbian for welder, which I think Kenna taught her wrong on purpose. So I think <laughs> that's super adorable and cute and hilarious. Lou knows a gay in love when she sees it, and she sends Mardu after Iris. She sends Iris into the back room to see if Sue is ready, but she knows that Sue's already ready. It's just uh, Mardu back there. I'm pretty certain that's how it goes. Iris tells her that Theo is gone. Iris is just like, you know, Theo and I are just friends. You know, we're better off without each other. So we jump to a scene where um, Sue is going on stage to sing and immediately I want the trope where she's like scared and sees Janie and that gives her the courage to sing. But that doesn't happen. Instead, she gets the courage to sing from her mom and I think that's equally great and I loved it. 
And then Mardu kisses Iris when she's going on about their spiel. And it's about goddamn time. I need all of their angsty history that built up to this moment. But it was good. It was a really satisfying kiss. I also need it so badly because they're just like talking about how everyone has thought that they would be into each other, including Theo. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Everyone knows. Like, what? I don't understand. Why did you ever get with Theo? I need a spinoff of the prequel of Iris and Mardu. I need their fucking awkward ass holiday, like their family get togethers every year where they're just like, well, Mardu is pining after Iris. And then I enjoyed this little joke where like Iris says that Theo always knew that she was bi and Mardu goes, wait, you're bi? And I really enjoyed that because that is the like... I've been in love with my brother's girl, but I thought she was straight, but she was by the whole time. Like, <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah, I I think I also appreciate it because kind of like, you know, when we were watching this movie, like you said, you went into it kind of thinking, well, who's going to be gay in this movie? Because so many times when you watch movies, there's only one gay character and they're sidelined. And so you know, we assume that Iris is straight because she's with a man. And I think that happens a lot. So I really enjoyed her. Like, I don't know. I just appreciated that where it's just like, just because she was with a man doesn't mean she's straight. (laughs) Exactly. I loved it too. And then we have Sue singing and doing amazing, but Janie is sad because they're still fighting. And then when it's over, Sue pulls her aside to talk to her. And this is the most compelling scene in the whole movie. Just wow. Like Dominique and this amazing actress, like the emotion that she has when she's talking to Janie about how she's like, I don't want to even go through the process of forgiveness because I love you and I know what you were trying to do. And I just love the whole thing. I don't remember what my immediate reactions were to it because I think that I wanted them to have like a conversation and resolution, but I do think that her words moved me because Sue really knows what it means to not have time or for, or to understand the, the preciousness of time since right. Jane has been like stationed overseas for years and her mother is ill. She's in remission right now, but she's ill And I don't know. I do. I do kind of appreciate where she's just like, you know, I don't want to take the time to be upset about this because in the end, I know I'm going to forgive you because in the end, we know that this didn't come from a bad place. And, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if this happened to you, but I've definitely had arguments where I'm just like, can you stop being like a pain in the ass, V? Can you just like get over it? Because like you're going to get over it. So why spend the energy fighting and being upset over something that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of life, which is really hard to do. So props to Sue. Yeah, props to her. And I think it's like a culmination after everything she's been through where she realizes that's what she needs. She needs to stop holding on to the anxiety, which is also leading to that resentment and frustration with Janie. So she's like, I'm getting over it and I want to be with you. And I want to enjoy my time with my mom and I want to sing because I love it. And that's what I want to do. And I just really loved it. I thought it was powerful. I thought Dominique delivered this whole monologue amazingly. It was beautiful. And then I go, despite this whole beautiful ending, I go, wait a minute. I didn't get my gay proposal. 
I was just going to ask you. I was like, wait, did Jane ever propose? Because I don't remember listen, it. Listen, listen. I know that she said it was too early and they wanted to take their time. And I know that is logical and very healthy for a relationship. However, I wanted my gay proposal in my gay movie. And then we have a literal cute thing where they all get together for New Year's and celebrate the new year. And they're all happy and together. And it's cute. Yes, I remember them all getting their champagne and being all cute together and counting down. And I was like, kiss, kiss, it's about to be midnight. And they kissed like after the countdown was done. And I don't know why that stressed me out, but it did. But I was very happy to see them all just like, you know, with their people. Overall, it was a very enjoyable, fun little Christmas movie with lots of gay. And it was great. Can you think of any other gay I mean, we kind of talked about this in the beginning. Can we think of any other gay holiday movies? Well, there's Les Bomb, which is Thanksgiving. Oh, I've never watched that. Is that good? It's okay. I was going to say the horrible movie with um, Catherine Heigl, Jenny's Wedding. I think Ugh. that's around the holidays, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we can count it because the chemistry is so bad in that. The chemistry doesn't exist. <laughs> It's like not even bad chemistry. There's just no chemistry. There's zero. And I think it's all Katherine Heigl's fault. <laughs> so really, this is the first one I can think of that's just like a straight gay holiday movie. Oh, can we get a shit ton more? We need more. And I want to thank Tello Films for letting us watch this movie and talk about it. It was a lot of fun. Yes, appreciate it so much. I'm so happy that y'all created it and are sharing it. I hope that a ton of people watch it and support it. Yeah, so I think starting today, you can buy it. Um, go to Telefilm's website. Go to Telefilm, Telefilm's Twitter. Um, and check this movie out and support it and buy the music and do what you can, even if you just talk about it so other people will watch it. All right, um, we're going to keep producing more podcasts before Christmas, but we're starting out the holiday season with a Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for listening and supporting us. I hope you enjoyed our special Christmas episode. Yes. Happy holidays to y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.